born to serve. My eyes see injustice, my hands work for change, my tongue sing the sorrow of my heart, the love of Allah combined with hope. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back, respected listeners. 91.3 FM is what you are tuned into. My name is Muhammad Sheikh, bringing to you Born to Serve. Featuring leaders in our community that have made a difference, are making a difference, and whose legacy will continue making a difference for many a generation to come. Wherever you are, I hope you're safe, I hope you're well, inshallah, and you're having a beautiful, wet, cold Mother City evening. Alhamdulillah, we're absolutely blessed with lots and lots of rain, and we can only ask Allah to grant us beneficial rain. Beneficial rain, wherever you are tuned into, I hope you're safe, I hope you're well, you're nice, warm, and cozy. As uh, this afternoon, this evening rather, we are Treading a little bit on um, a very interesting journey with my a guest online, Dr. Ismail Kala, the author of the book Unleash the Power of Allah Within You. Dr. Ismail, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you doing? Alhamdulillah. How are you doing this evening? Uh, very well, very well, Father. Alhamdulillah, wonderful. So, yes, um, we are, uh, I would imagine we are chatting to you from a different part of the world other than the mother city. So, where are we connecting to you from? Yeah, I'm from Pretoria actually. Okay, wonderful. So yes, we are headed in Pretoria this evening. So before we get into the nitty gritty of this uh, wonderful book uh, titled Unleash the Power of Almighty, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, who is Dr. Ismail Kala. Actually, it's not Dr. Ismail Kala, it's just Ismail Kala. Okay, we'll uh, go with that. Yeah, well, yeah. I've, I've been one of the founders of the Muslim Youth Movement, involved with the Islamic Council of South Africa, with Sheikh Abubakar Najjar. In, uh, when he died in 1993, I was a very close friend of his. Also, uh, we founded the uh, Baraka Bank, you know. Okay, interesting. Mashallah. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about your journey growing up, you know, back in the apartheid era. What challenges did you face? Uh, what was it like growing up? Oh, it was really very serious challenges. I mean, you know, uh, during the MYM time, they harassed us. I came early in the morning, about 4 o'clock to my home, and I was ready to go. And I told them, they can take my body, but my soul belongs to Allah. And that gave them a little bit of a shock, and they left my passport and whatever, and then I walked out of my office. There were about 20 of them. Wow, interesting. Going house to house, harassing everybody that spoke against the government in the party times. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's been, a, it's been a good journey, interesting journey. Allah knows best. Yes, Everything yes. has been really uh, good for us because we learned a lot in the process. You know? No, absolutely. I can imagine. And uh, uh, growing up, uh, were you also born and brought up in Pretoria as well? Yes, born and brought up in Pretoria. Okay. Mm. Um, so uh, tell us a little bit about your family and you know some of the people that inspired you as you were growing up. My father mainly inspired me. My father was a writer and he wrote for the Muslim Digest since the 1960s, mm. and, and I started following his footsteps, and I was, he got talks around the table, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, very good thing one can do for the for the children, if during supper time, before supper, read the Quran or read the Hadith, if, if you don't take time mm-hmm. to, uh, to talk to your children, yes. and somebody else will talk to them, and they'll be misled. No, absolutely. Better, we as parents spend our time our children given time and given time you can you can have a beautiful young lad growing up and that's the experience we had mm-hmm. in our family you know 
No, absolutely. Alhamdulillah. Mm. What were some of your fondest memories growing up, you know, in that particular time? What was the source of entertainment for you? Well, you know, I met uh, Hafiz Abak in 1970. Okay. And we were all looking around for uh, some sort of uh, organization. So we started the Pretoria Muslim Milk Organization. And in that, I met Hafiz Abak Muhammad. Mm-hmm. I suppose everyone knows him. Yes, yes. He's in Cape Town right now. And uh, he was a great inspiration. He founded the Muslim World Movement. And he was a man with great vision. And uh, right now he's in Cape Town with our brothers there, with Ipsa and so on. You know? Yes, yes. Wonderful. Mashallah. Um, and tell us a bit about your family. Do you have siblings? And, uh, uh, you know, uh, were there any challenges for you all as a family growing up? Well, yeah, I mean, the apartheid era was a difficult era. Mm-hmm. I mean, my father had nine children, and he had you know, a shop, a business, and they would come and have a scene now. And, mm-hmm. and then also, you were not allowed to keep open at these times. And we still really had the business people in those days. Right. But uh, I think the Muslims played a great role in uh, making sure that they didn't just take things lying down. They spoke out against the government, you know. Mm. And, and also, they even... At one stage, they even uh, went and uh, threw a pig head in the mosque in Malaysia. Uh-huh. And I was the time Secretary General Islamic Council was out of the He said, what are you going to do about us? And phone those people. I said, just bury the head. It's Allah's creation, after all. Mm-hmm. You don't have to fight for those. They were trying to... There was like a third force at then. Now right. there's a third force creating a fitna between the uh, Muslims and... And, and and so on, you know, you can see the Tafiri mentality. Mm. Yeah. Mm. No, of course. I mean, we we ought to, uh, you know, distance ourselves from forms of extremism and things like that. Um, so you, you said you were one of the founding members of the uh, MYM, if I'm if I'm correct. Yes, yes. Okay. Me, the, mm-hmm. Abaka, Ibrahim Jarrah, Mahmoud Musa, Yusuf Muhammad, and a whole lot of others that were there as well. Yeah. Mm. Osman, and, yeah. I mean, we were together. We started in. Uh, 1970s, no? 1970s. Yeah. So what, what was yeah. the inspiration, or what was the motivation behind that? Why the MYM back then? Well, you know, Abi Muhammad came around from town to town speaking to people. Right. And we happened to be there, and we were very passionate about it. Mm-hmm. So we joined him and said, let's create the movement. And we had many meetings. There were certain mistakes we made as young people at that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, the mistakes are still being repeated today. Sure. Other Muslims, and I see it every day, and, uh, and uh, we don't understand what's going on with our community. Mm. There's so much fighting each other and creating more of that, what, what the West wants. Right. They enjoy this. Mm. We give them more the opportunities. I mean, the ulama bodies are also yes. creating uh, problems. I mean, they don't realize. But listen. Don't control the minds of the people. Let them think. Let them be free thinking. Mm-hmm. I call upon the Muslim uh, Ummah to read. Mm. Uh, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, not who gives his life to reading. Correct. They also say that if you don't read something every day, Mm-hmm. you will age faster. Subhanallah. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the um, you know founding principles of the MYM back then, um, there was a particular mm-hmm. manual that was created, if I'm not mistaken. I think I might still have a copy of it. With yes, regards to, uh, you yeah. know, yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Well, you know, we basically created a manual. We had our vision, 
But you know what happens? There are so many of the art influences that came in from, from the Middle East, and at that time they were, not, they were young, they didn't realize mm. the influences were actually create uh, disunity among the members, and some of the members went to the, uh, the, uh, the other movements and so on. And right, right. Be, I think we had a very, something very powerful. Whenever I go somewhere, and people say, let me repeat that again. Mm-hmm. And, um, life has to go on now, the new generation has to do it differently. And the thing is, you've you got leadership. Yes. But the leadership uh, is not good enough, because while they are good leaders, then the other leaders would like to just condemn them and criticize them. Mm. And even the leadership won't, good leaders won't emerge, because they're not allowing them to emerge. Surely. They are, they are, they are, they are so caught up with the theory mentality, you know? Mm. And, I uh, something some that... Of these or others copy without even knowing what they're thinking is. Mm. How can we pass judgments like that? You know? No, surely. I think the mm-hmm. question of just calling and labeling everybody takfir is a very serious one, and one ought to, you know, self-introspect and self-retrospect on that. Uh, uh, but, but nonetheless, Subhanallah. So the the MYM in the 1970s, a group of youth formed this particular movement, going out. Uh, do, do you recall any, you know, uh, challenges that you all faced? Uh, did you perhaps also have, uh, you know, um, uh, institutes, organizations also with a similar? Mentality? Mentality back then, and if so, how did you oh, deal yeah, with it? Oh, yeah. It's the same. Basically, when me and Eddie, after Muhammad was speaking, they say, Can you imagine? Nothing has changed for 40 years. Sure. But they are more thinking Muslims now than they were. I see, I see. And so that you can see a lot of intellectuals are emerging in the people, and, they, and they're realizing that these, some of these bodies, the ulama bodies, are misleading them, you see. Mm. Yeah. The thing is, we need. I mean, if you take now, for instance, in Turkey, uh-huh. I mean, uh, everyone, they had only 90 universities, now they've got over nearly 200 universities. Absolutely. And they're making great changes. Now, what do we do? We haven't got a Muslim organization that can, I mean, they've got, they've got a Medina University. And, uh, you know, uh, my experience has been that some of the students that went from here, mm-hmm. who actually couldn't even speak, they went to Medina University, and then they came back. I was shocked to see how articulate they were. Mm. Yeah? And I mean, uh, so the truth there is, right at the end of the tunnel. In fact, let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. Nothing's going to stop uh, uh, Islam to grow. Sure, Nothing. absolutely. Uh, without doubt, I must tell you, I must tell our people out there that listen, start reading. Mm-hmm. The first book you have to read is the Quran. Mm-hmm. Uh, read, if you can't read, uh, a separa day, you read half a separa, quarter separa, read one verse, and I say, if you cannot read, just paste through the Quran. Mm. Just look at every page. Just look at every page. Mm-hmm. I promise you, the eyes, the mind is so powerful, it'll pick up key points mm-hmm. and can change your life. So if you haven't even just flip through the Quran, you're mm-hmm. missing the most powerful book that ever come uh, on this planet. Uh, the Quran. Absolutely, absolutely. It changed, it changed the whole civilization in the beginning of the 14th, uh, what they call it, 6th century. Mm-hmm. I mean, Europe wouldn't have been where it is if it wasn't for the inventions of the Muslims. And how did they invent these things? Mm. And I inspired them. Absolutely. I mean, inspired them. Some people say the Greek philosophers, they, Prophet Muhammad and Nabi the Muslims don't, don't take anything from the Greek philosophy. And they mm-hmm. didn't. Absolutely. And they invented, our Muslims invented, what 
inspiration, never in contact with Allah. Mm. Reading the Quran, reading the Quran, we are listening to the words of Allah. Absolutely. By praying Salah, Allah is listening to our, our mm. words. We are speaking to Him. No, no. no. Absolutely. And I think the Quran is the, a source right? of inspiration for us all, indeed. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, we, we are reading all Western books only. We don't read what, what we're supposed to read. Mm-hmm. See, the Quran is a manual. Our body is actually um, uh, 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 a thing to the soul. Yes. Our body, Allah gave us, is a gift to the soul. It's a amana. Mm-hmm. It's look after our body. So in order for us to unleash that power that Allah has placed in us, we have to read what Allah wants from us. Surely. And we have to be disciplined and follow what Allah wants from us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't discipline ourselves. I mean, Almighty wants, wants us to strive with all our might to change. Mm-hmm. He says we will never change our condition without effort on our part. Now, even if you think, you know, thought, the thoughts travel. Mm-hmm. If you think good thoughts, they travel. Yes. Right is a boomerang. Mm-hmm. We send good thoughts out there, it's like a boomerang traveling all over. How far it'll go, only Allah knows. But when it returns, it brings back to you abundance of knowledge. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. You always attract what you think. The mind is a sending and receiving station of thought. Mm-hmm. So if you send good thoughts, you attract good. And thought is a virus in your home. Mm-hmm. If you have good thoughts, you, without even speaking, you're influencing your children. Mm. Because those thoughts, it's like, it's like the virus in the computer, it travels. Mm. So, now, if, uh, if for instance, a suggestion from Iblis mm-hmm. assails our mind, mm-hmm. they will seek refuge in Allah. Yes. Because He heard and knows all things. Allah has given us two very powerful gifts, Surah Fulat and Surah Nas. Don't let people tell you that you've got jadu or something wrong with you or this. Mm-hmm. Nothing. It could have Quran Salat and Quran Nas, nothing can touch you. Absolutely. Quran Salat is, is of the evil whisperer from without. Mm-hmm. Surah Nas is from the evil whisperer from within. Mm-hmm. You see, so if you pray these and you make zikr and you focus on Allah, perform your salah, Allah starts inspiring you. SubhanAllah. Mm. There's a voice inside our minds. Mm-hmm. We call it the chatterbox mm-hmm. or the silent whisperer. This voice tries to confuse us. Right. So it's conflict and often succeeds in driving us crazy. You must remember, in the mind, there's a chatterbox. Mm-hmm. If you can control, if you can control that chatterbox that goes on in the mind and focus on Allah and focus on what you want, you attract what you, what you want in life. Mm. So there's a voice that doesn't allow our mind to be silent. Mm-hmm. And that's Iblis. It provokes us to think of the past and it encourages us to regret. Remember, mm-hmm. you, you can't do over the mistakes. You cannot fear the future. Most of us are not aware of this voice. Yes. That holds the key to all our fears and failures in life. When you want to, when you want to read the Quran, the voice will say, I'll do it later. Mm. And later. And later means you forget. Yes. See, so that voice heralds doom and gloom, mm-hmm. fear and loss, doubt and indecision. Mm-hmm. So we are so accustomed with his presence that we are unaware that he is talking to us, trying to create uncertainty, fear, worry, panic. But if we have faith in Allah, Allah says in the Quran clearly, he hears and knows everything. Seek mm-hmm. refuge in him. 
Subhanallah. <laughs> Definitely, I think those are points yeah. points of inspiration, no doubt. And you know, um, I think uh, those are definitely points of reflection in terms of asking of Allah, and you know, trying to ignore this particular uh, inner voice, this chatterbox that keeps us from doing the right things. Yeah. Mm. The only way you can avoid it is every time you say something, like suggest something, mm-hmm. pray, pray the cool. Play the course because then if you are going towards the Quran and somebody says, I'll do it later, play the Quran and you'll see you'll you open the Quran. But let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. Knowledge is the key. Mm-hmm. With knowledge, you can live forever. That's what the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi says. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have said that. It's possible. It didn't have, it didn't have any meaning in it. Mm-hmm. No? no, surely. The knowledge frees us from our fears, our worries, our panics. It's, it's faith. Let us change the world. Absolutely. The power of belief is so powerful mm-hmm. that I think most people don't even know what belief means. They only speak about, about belief as words. Belief, you know, if you pray regularly, mm-hmm. what do you do? Sure. You, put, you change your thoughts, you change your subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. Whether you show what is in your mind or conceal, Allah calls you to account for it. Mm-hmm. But Allah says, if they have a bad thought and you didn't put it into practice, you can forgive you for it. Mm-hmm. Almighty Allah's power and blessings are not visible. Mm-hmm. They are connected to the subconscious mind. Absolutely. In Surah, Surah Arab, Almighty Allah says, surely all creation and all authority belongs to Him. Bless is Almighty Allah, the Lord of the worlds. Mm-hmm. Call on your Lord and sustainer with humility and in secret. Mm-hmm. Lord, he, uh, he loves not aggressors. Almighty controls and trans and plans everything that takes place in the universe. The entire creation mm-hmm. and authority belong to him. The first step to motivate a conscious mind is to surrender and commit to the will of Almighty Allah. When he said there is no God but Allah. Mm-hmm. There is no God but Allah. What is that? That's a spiritual dimension. Yes. Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. Salam it's a material dimension. Mm. They are spiritual beings that's coming to the material world having a material experience. Mm-hmm. They can understand that we actually have a holy hologram. We are not really real. Mm. Mm. Interesting. It's a very different mm. uh, very different perspective, I must say. You know, it's, it's delving deeper into um, our belief system and uh, uh, bringing another dimension to um, you know, understanding these things, which we uh, ought to not see it uh, you know, on the superficial face. No, you know what's happening. You see, first of all, the whole education system is corrupt. Mm. Right? Actually, we are being made robots by this education system. Mm-hmm. Make you a doctor so you can make money. Make you a lawyer so you can... Every field has actually been polluted by some very powerful people who are controlling this world. If you, look, if you walk in the streets in Europe or even in all and see, mm-hmm. everyone is a robot. Catch him advice, catch him taxi, go home, come back. <laughs> Does a little bit of work at, at work, comes back, earns a living. Mm. And he's satisfied. We're living like cattle. Sure. You know what's cattle? They eat, they sleep, they drink, they're happy. Mm. Aren't we the same? But Allah has given a powerful mind. The mind is the most powerful growth standard mechanism ever to appear on this planet Earth. Mm-hmm. And Allah has blessed us with that mind. What's 
our habits. Right. Yeah. Subhanallah. And I think uh, mm-hmm. challenging this mind into, um, you know, into thought about your Creator. It's it's a dimension that we all should take. It's a part that we all should be uh, aspiring to. We should take control of, of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Almighty Allah wants us to develop both conscious and subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. And subconscious mind works 24 hours with a method, method that nobody knows how it works. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. That's just, that's, that, between me, I think it's connected to Allah, the subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. The conscious mind is the master of our destiny. It mm-hmm. controls all the voluntary muscles and its ability to evaluate the difference between right and wrong. The supreme commander in charge of all our thoughts. Mm. So, if we can start reading the Quran, we unleash that power. Mm-hmm. The Holy Quran is a remedy for the illnesses of the mind. Mm. Absolutely, it's a remed- remedy for you know illnesses, as uh, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has alluded to that. Shifa ulima fi sudur illnesses to the mind. What is in the heart? Absolutely, yeah. Subhanallah. So, and we use that. If we use our mind effectively, mm-hmm. we can only uh, grow spiritually and materially. And we, we basically have even developed what they call a picnic. Mm-hmm. You know, every guy goes to somebody and says, what should I do? There's no harm having an imam. Mm-hmm. Are they really guiding us? I don't know how many of them are guiding us. They're very treated, are they? But they actually got their own agendas, I mean, you know. Mm. And I think yeah. this, uh, it's, it's important to always uh, reflect uh, continuously, uh, you, use the intellect, use the intellect to, ki- to, to, to try and, um, you know, resolve differences, resolve disunity, and, and bring about united community. Well, you know, I tell you what, is, um, oh, let me say clearly, the book, um, <laughs> What do you call it? Um, talk to people according to the mental capacity of thinking. That's mm-hmm. one. Number two is if anyone wants to condemn anyone, should talk to him personally and find out if what he said is true or what he's doing is, is, is correct. Mm-hmm. We're being misled by these uh, uh, forces mm-hmm. that are controlling the masses and telling, giving fatwas or talking to the masses and telling these are and these are mm-hmm. You know, reason and knowledge of Prophet said. It's the foundation of our faith. Yes, absolutely. It is a foundation of our faith. And Isn't it logic? Mm. Isn't it logic? No, foundation. definitely. No, definitely. Mm-hmm. I can concur with that particular aspect. And I think, um, you know, it's uh, it's important uh, that it's it's continuous and not restrictive. I mean, alhamdulillah, you've been with the MYM and such organizations actively engaged in critical thinking back then, and you still continue doing so in a different capacity now in terms of, you know, bringing about this uh, intellect in the form of writing and things. Yeah, no, I just thought, you know, spend the last time we have left and in writing and put down our experience in writing. If you read this uh, book of mine, and it's the power of Almighty Allah mm. within you, I think mean, uh, the country is in Malaysia as well, and uh, I think it sold about 14 or 15,000 copies in South Africa. Wow, subhanAllah, and interesting. They, mm. say, they say it's, they say it's, uh, it's a good seller, but what I'm saying is all my experiences are in there, but I don't mention anything about myself. Sure. It's the experiences that you've Whatever had. Whatever experience I have, Allah has blessed us with. Alhamdulillah. Why, why not share that with our, our fellow brethren, you know? Yes, no, of course. But uh, mm-hmm. inshallah, we'll, we have to go to the marketplace, inshallah. We'll resume shortly after Uncle Ismail. So stay tuned with us. Born.
to serve. My eyes see injustice, my hands work for change, my tongue sing the sorrow of my heart. Welcome back, respected listeners. 91.3 FM is what you are tuned into. My name is Muhammad Sheikh, and this evening we are talking to Uncle Ismail Kala. Uh, all the way from uh, Pretoria, the author of the book Unleash the Power of Almighty Allah. Currently, a book that has uh, surfaced with more than 15, 14 to 15,000 copies uh, being sold um, in different parts of South Africa and across internationally being printed in Malaysia as well. So, yes, welcome back, Uncle Isma. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Okay, So, you know, uh, I'm sure you've penned a lot of experiences that you've had in there. Well, what is the ultimate inspiration behind putting these experiences together? Well, you know, when you were doing the Discover Yourself course throughout South Africa, mm-hmm. with Savitullah Khan, who came from overseas in 2006, and uh, we had the seminars in he still, he still has them about two, three times a year in South Africa, Cape Town, Durban, and Transvaal. Mm-hmm. Jan is going to him at least. And um, when, when, we, when I, I, used give, I used to give talks in this, in this program of his, and I still do. Mm-hmm. So uh, in the talks, I used to, used to ask, uh, I used to ask people to phone some of their relatives and so on, and ask them an opinion about themselves. Mm-hmm. some of the friends and the family members. And that started changing the lives of a lot of people because they realized what mistakes they're making in life. And a lot of our people, they regret the past and they fear, fear the future. Mm-hmm. And in these causes, I used to come across a lot of women being abused. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Muslim men haven't read the Quran, so they don't know what the rights of women are, basically. Mm-hmm. And the abuse of rights of women and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has dedicated a few surahs for women, but you won't find anything there for men, mm. you know, besides inside or surah. And basically, I'm saying that uh, Allah listens to the woman. And, you know, we think that the woman haven't got rights. They've got totally equal rights. I mean, I remember in Pretoria in the 1970s, they were not allowing the woman to come into the mosque. Mm. They changed that. We changed it with great difficulty, but today, I think most of the most throughout the country, we had one in general, but recently, not a line, woman and woman insisted to women out, and I think they're having a rethink on that. Mm. So basically, we discovered in this course how women are being abused, and we gave talks on that subject in mosques as well. I think all the chefs should look at that, and all our ulama should look at that and focus on, on what is actually going wrong in our community. Mm. And to just uh, create confusion and conflict, difference of opinion, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, we have to align our minds with the word of Almighty Allah. We have to have a powerful, sincere belief, faith in Him. Mm-hmm. Performing our salah on time, doing regular dhikr. And this is what we were teaching the people in these causes, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what made me write the book. Right. And I said, look, man, you know, we should tell the we used to give, zik, uh, uh, give them some zikrs to recite and so on. And, you know, zikr and salah changes the dialogue in our body. You know, when, when we feel a pain somewhere in our body, right? Mm-hmm. What we do, we complain maybe to 10 people. Mm-hmm. But when you complain to 10 people, there's a dialogue going on in your mind. Mm-hmm. The, the entire body, there are 6 trillion reactions per second in the body. Mm-hmm. So when you say it, when you have a negative thought, you're the whole body. 
You still know the thought is a boss, the mind is a boss. Nani? Yes. Brain, not the brain, the brain is the, the basically the CPU. Mm. The mind is where everything happens. So if you have a bad thought, it affects your whole system. Correct. You know, it's amazing how Allah created this. So that internal dialogue, dialogue goes on in our body at a cellular level. Mm. Our thoughts influence our body, health, our body's health and beliefs. Mm-hmm. Since we believe Salah and Dhikr and disciplining ourselves with charity, giving charity, how, doesn't matter how much we earn. You earn a thousand grand, give something. Mm-hmm. But give something and see what happens to your life. And we don't reflect, we don't contemplate. We don't realize that silence and contemplating, mm-hmm. you know, we, change, we create a, a, a state of thoughtless consciousness, hmm. a state of developing our ability to hear the inner voice. Definitely. You know, there are three voices in us. Mm. Voice of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the voice of Iblis, and our voice. Mm-hmm. Now, most of the chapter goes on between our voice and Iblis. And if we can stop that, then we develop thoughtless consciousness. SubhanAllah. Once we develop thoughtless consciousness, Many years, you get inspired by Allah. Subhanallah. In everything you say and everything you do. Mm-hmm. And you don't condemn anybody. I mean, today, the ulama are calling people kafir. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I was speaking to some great ulama, and I told him, what about this group? You know, I was just speaking about a group. He says, they say, la ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah. Nobody can call them kafirs. Mm. No human being has got the right. Our Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam never, never, never branded anybody. Mm-hmm. He gave a, a chance to even the most uh, worst people. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. but here we a whole group of coffee. I mean, can you imagine where are we going to? Subhanallah. Where is our, our leadership? Mm. All these years should sit together and say, right now, let's discuss all these issues that are now going on in Cape Town. I hear a lot of things happening at the moment out there. Surely, surely. Now, definitely, I think it's it's always good to, you know, refer back to the conduct of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the injunctions of the Quran, and use that as a framework uh, in going forward. Yeah, of course. So, I mean, our Nabi was a model. Absolutely. Unless anything you do that the Nabi has done, it's a blessing. Mm. You actually are blessed with it. I mean, you know, before the Prophet, there was absolutely jailia. In fact, Western civilization, I mean, the Pope used to part once a year. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, some kings died of skin disease because they let them pass. And, and they used to do that. They were told he was right in the bedroom. And they mm. saw the feces out. There was stench all over Europe, all over America, all over the world. America came later. But you know, Muslims were in America 500 years ago, before the Americans, yeah, before Christopher Columbus uh, discovered America. Mm-hmm. History has to be rewritten. And why don't all of our focus on that? Mm-hmm. Why don't they sit down and start rewriting history? Mm-hmm. You know, Mullah Fazlan Ansari, Fazlan Ansari, from Pakistan, who died in 1934, told me clearly, even Kalim Siddiqui said, they could rewrite history. Mm. I mean, history is only one-sided. Mm. You know what I mean? 
No, absolutely. Um, inshallah, I just want to, you know, uh, perhaps we, we have to touch down again back to the marketplace, Uncle Ismail. But inshallah, when we get back, I'd like to recall on some of your interactions with the late uh, Mulana Fazl Rahman Ansari, inshallah. But for inshallah. now, let's head back to the marketplace. Keep it locked. Born to serve. My eyes see injustice. My hands work for change. My tongue sing the sorrow. 91.3 FM it is and my name is Muhammad Sheikh bringing to you Born to Serve this evening featuring leaders in our committee that have made a difference, are making a difference and whose legacy will continue making a difference inshallah for many generations to come. We have with us, with us Uncle Ismail Kala all the way from Pretoria, author of the book Unleash the Power of Allah Within You, one of the founding members of the Muslim youth movement in the early 1970s. But we head back in that particular area, um, era rather. Welcome back Uncle Ismail. Okay, so um, we're talking about the 1970s. You had the opportunity of meeting uh, the late Maulana Fazl Rahman Ansari, and uh, one who would refer to him as quite a reformer and quite uh, an intellectual of his time. Tell us a little bit about him. Well, you know, Ansari told me, in fact, I was very fortunate to spend one night with him. Okay. Uh, in the same house. In this, this. You know, he, he was given a home of uh, entire house to stay alone, small house. Mm-hmm. But I stayed with him, and he, 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 gave, he gave me a lot of advice. And all the things he said that, you know, uh, unfortunately, there's so much distortion in the world. Basically, mm-hmm. history has to be rewritten. We said, and, uh, and he spoke about um, so many different things on the role of the woman. I mean, can you imagine this was like. 14 years ago, mm. they're still, they still talking about certain things. I mean, I remember way back then, there were so many petty issues that the that the communities to discuss. It's not being discussed now, which means it took us 40 years to overcome the small little hurdles. Mm. I mean, other hurdles, of course. And basically, if Ansari was right, I think he would have uh, given us a better insight of what's going on in our environment. Mm. Even Kardawi, I mean, he's a great scholar, and he spoke against all these things that are going on at the moment among the Muslims. Mm-hmm. And we are, by we fighting, we are giving also, you know, the, uh, the evil forces out there mm. to create Sitna among us, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so we're creating more third forces like what's going on in the time of apartheid, you know? Mm. I mean, two people got one, two got killed in. In Durban, something happened in Cape Town, mom's boys, all because of our, our leadership, their mm. leadership. Sure, no, definitely. And, you know, putting our leadership into the spotlight and making them aware. Do you think we would find ourselves in a position where our leadership are more receptive and understanding, or at least open to engagement, as opposed to before? No, there is a certain amount going on. I mean, look like this. In Cape Town, I can see a, a tremendous amount of dialogue going on with regard to uh, our brothers and sisters being voice, what they call it, the, um, the Cape Accord. But, you know, there's so much of uh, condemnation going on that it's not, it's not Islamic, you know. Mm. It's sitting with the Ummah and saying, now let's talk, what's this all about? Let's see it. Mm-hmm. Let's study it together. Let's see what's, your, what's going on. No, we're going on to... That was, I think, it's not necessary, you know. Mm. Yeah, you know, Prophet would have never did anything like this. He went and spoke to his enemies as well. Mm-hmm. His, uh, enemies that were basically you know, aggressive and violent, but he spoke to them. Mm. Yeah? 
And then you got Umar that's only talking. Mm-hmm. There's no uh, fighting going on. So why not talk? Why not have uh, dialogue? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Especially issues that you don't agree with. No? Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree with you. The dialogue mm-hmm. is the key and, you know, putting everything on the intellectual table before, um, you know, ironing out those creases of difference of opinion as opposed yeah. to condemnation and just uh, labeling everyone. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so in terms of, you know, this uh, this book of yours, Unleash the Power of Allah, um, how did you put it together and, you know, what, what how, how did you put it into themes and different components? Well, you know, when I was giving these talks, you just come yourself, uh, meetings and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, I realized that what is required, and I realized that um, our brothers and sisters, in fact, you'd be surprised, most of the people that are reading the book are women. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So I used to see what goes on the course, and I used to go home and write out mm-hmm. my thoughts, put my thoughts down, what advice you should give them. Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, then we start writing about power of the mind, the power of thinking, mm-hmm. and what change is all about. And then we start, I started thinking about other subjects. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, uh, the power of the subconscious mind. I mean, yeah, this mind works for you always. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. If you have good thoughts, mm-hmm. you sleep over it, next morning you get the answer. Mm-hmm. You get processed. And that's inspiration. You know? Absolutely. And that Mm. Then the power of the word, every word we use now, when you call people uh, out the pale of Islam and condemn them, those are words that are not supposed to be used without proper dialogue, you know, mm-hmm. with people. Yeah, no? Absolutely, absolutely. How do we discipline our thoughts? No, surely, you know, surely. One of, one of the reasons they was fearing to phone a mother in law in the, in the discovery of self and you turn the phone five people, your husband, your, whoever, closest mm-hmm. to your mother-in-law, your mother, whatever. And ask them the opinion, and don't react. Just let them tell you what they think of you. Mm-hmm. So this one woman said, I'm not going to do it. I said, you have to do it. And I convinced her. And because she said, I'm going to have a big problem and all that. I said, she's quite, I convinced her. She went and she spoke to them, and she came back and she smiling. So she also a few good things and few bad things, and she realized that she's got to change. Mm. You see, I mean, this is when we wrote about Surah uh, Fatiha, what an awesome Surah. Last one, what an best as well. I mean, Surah Fatiha, who could have given us those words mm-hmm. to, to basically praise Allah? Mm-hmm. Only you, nobody else. Mm-hmm. Surah Fatiha is a powerful surah in which we are taught how to please Almighty Allah and seek His guidance. What an awesome gift Almighty Allah expressed us with. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, all the ones we make come from the Where do they come from? Mm-hmm. They come from Almighty Allah. But this is how you must behave, this is how you must think, and then you discover me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so in this course, I said, my God, our, our people are far. Yeah, you know, what can we do? So we're all writing I started writing everything. And then, as I was doing over the years, every morning writing, I had to say, I'm putting it together. And that's all. Uh, but uh, for the book, inshallah. Inshallah. I'm doing the same thing now, trying to write something of Muslim businessmen. Mm. Our Musl
Okay. Okay. Mm. Uh, for sharing your words of wisdom with us and enlightening us on this book, inshallah. May it continue being a success and may you continue inspiring others. Thank you very much, brother. Inshallah, you take care of yourself. And Wa alaikum salam. 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 Wa alaikum salam